The content of this podcast should not be considered financial or investment advice. All interviews and discussions are opinions only, and the podcast has been created without taking into consideration the listener's financial objectives, financial situation or needs. Listeners should obtain independent advice before making any financial decision. Hi everyone, welcome to this edition of Stock Doc. I'm your host, Dr. Nigel Finch. And today on the program, I'm speaking with Jason Waller. Jason is CEO and Managing Director of IntelliCare Holdings Limited. Now, founded in 2016, IntelliCare has commercialized a predictive AI system for use in aged care and health industries. The company then listed on the ASX in May this year under the ticker code ICR, at a price of 20 cents. Uh, Today, the stock is trading at uh, around 25 cents. Jason, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me, Nigel. Great to be here. Now, we first spoke in January this year ahead of your IPO, so this is a great opportunity to catch up and go over some of the achievements since listing. Um, To start off, can you give listeners a quick snapshot of the size and scale of ICR? Um, perhaps things like headcount, number of customers, revenue, market cap, just um, some of the headlines. Sure. So we're still a, a relatively small company in terms of headcounts. We have about 12 staff and about another uh, eight external contractors that we use. Um, and most of those staff are the development team, the software developers. developers. The market cap sits so currently it's around about 20 mil, um, and that's a, a great result from our IPO. And obviously, our, our staff numbers will grow out as we start to expand, particularly with regard to our marketing and sales team. But given that we're a, a software as a service business, we'd always be keeping those, those overheads fairly low. The, uh, the company's um, installed unit base has grown significantly um, yeah. since in the last 12 months. We've had over, over 10 times um, growth in our installed base. And that's really how we, we look at our, our size rather than looking at individual customers. And Jason, for those who don't know the company, can you briefly summarise your value proposition, um, your key technologies, and, and also the markets that you operate in? Sure. So primarily what we do is we turn any home into a smart home by installing a range of passive sensors, movement detectors, power sensors, door sensors. And we then upload data from those to our IoT platform, and we use artificial intelligence to learn what normal behaviour is in that home, such as when uh, the resident is getting up and about each day, um, how regularly they're preparing meals, what their outings look like, and things like their, their bathroom visits. And the idea here is we then uh, learn that normal behaviour and send alerts out to family members and carers when something's out of the ordinary. And by doing so, we allow that uh, independent adult to live longer in their own home and avoid triggers that otherwise might cause them to go into residential care. So we cover both the aged care sector, but also disability care um, in the same breath. Jason, I, I, mean, I think it, it fundamentally it sounds like such a, a, simple, um, a simple technology, but it has um, profound implications, as you say, for you know, residents in the home. Um, I, I think it's wonderful. But um, I want to also talk about some of the achievements since listing. But before I do that, I'm curious about your experience of listing and the transition from private to public company. 
Can you tell us about the journey and also about being one of the rare companies that undertook an IPO in the middle of COVID-19? Sure, it was a, it was a hell of a ride. <laughs> I, I came on in uh, August um, when they restructured the board and were heading towards listing. And, and in that first six-month period, we, we raised nearly $7 million in capital, including during the IPO. So in the first few months of my incumbency, it really was going out there and talking to investors and doing roadshows, getting the word out. And as you pointed out earlier, everyone gets the value proposition very quickly because they often have personal experience with an elderly parent or, or grandparent. Um, so we were ready to go in February when, uh, mm. when COVID hit. And of course, at that stage, um, all, the, all the brokers were, were huddling down to, in their trenches with their helmets on and uh, just trying to work out what was going on and, and not doing anything at all. Um, and so you couldn't even get a phone call. Uh, you, you couldn't get them on the phone. They were just trying to preserve client wealth and see where that, that market was heading other than uh, down. But after about three weeks, um, uh, brokers have got to eat as well and they've got to trade. And so they started looking for the opportunities in the market. And of course, um, healthcare stood out loud, loud and strong. And remember, um, commensurate with that, we also had the Royal Commission running and pointing to all the issues in, in aged care. Um, so we hit um, uh, both the healthcare market in general, but then also technology. And so we decided to go for it and open our books at that point. Um, and in a, in a very short period, over a couple of weeks, we were, we were um, very healthily subscribed and we'd, we'd raised um, more than we, we needed. And so we closed the books and we were ready to go. But for a while there, it really was a case of just taking a, a leap of faith. You, you couldn't know which way it was going to go. And we closed the books at the time we did because uh, the market could have moved against us. Um, just as it's moving in our favour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's such a, a tumultuous time, but um, but well done to you and the team on on that call and just um, you know staying true and, and and getting the process done. Well, I think the key was that we had done all the groundwork beforehand. Our message was very very clear, and, and people got it. So we didn't have to keep trying to sell the message. We didn't have to keep trying to explain real results or blocks to China or all those mm. kinds of things. Mm. Uh, people understood the market and could see it actually that with COVID-19, um, our experience has been that um, it's, although it's a, a devastating event, it has produced um, some silver linings in terms of adoption of technology in the aged care sector. Mm. Well, let's talk about the two broad market segments that you service here in Australia. I guess the, the first one would be the Commonwealth funded market. And the second would be the you know user pays market. Can you talk about the size and dynamics of both of those markets and how you see them evolving? Sure. So when we use the word aged care, most people think about nursing homes. That's where their, their mind goes to. Um, but the aged care market itself is much, much larger than that. There are about um, 150,000 people um, in nursing homes. But there are nearly a million people that receive some form of Commonwealth funding to age in place in their own home, which, of course, is the government's preferred policy. And the reason for that is a, a fundamental driver in, in terms of macro forces. The population is ageing at a rate um, that is faster than the tax pace 
is uh, growing to support them. So the government can't afford the ageing bill that's coming down the road. Um, so although it's wonderful for us um, to see that the federal government promise more spending in terms of that Commonwealth support, um, there are going to be three to four to five million people over 65 outside of that, um, that regime that will never access that Commonwealth support. And that's our B2C market. So that first million people, um, they're primarily serviced by aged care service providers, home care service providers who can't, who manage their, their funds and go around and provide services, and they buy our product and distribute it um, to their clients. But that second market, the B2C market, these are people who, the sons and daughters of an elderly parent who will buy it out of their own pocket. And I think ultimately um, that's going to be the largest addressable market. Mm. Um, I want to better understand the distribution strategy you have for your technology around the core application. Now, I understand that it's distributed across Microsoft Azure, but can you explain how this works and what opportunity this presents to the company using Microsoft as a distribution partner? Yeah, that, that was a great win for us. We were picked up by Microsoft as part of their, their scale-up program um, uh, last year. And under that program, they look in each of the verticals um, that they operate in and one or two companies uh, to, to grow. And their concept is by growing IntelliCare, um, our consumption of their Azure platform increases and increases their, their sales. So we're what's called co-sell ready. And they work with us over a period of six to eight months to get us to that stage where we sort of go through a due diligence process They really... Um, interrogate our, our product and also our, our marketing strategy because they're putting their name and their people behind it. Um, and then when we um, have gone through that, um, we now engage with their sales teams who operate at very large um, enterprise levels uh, as well as some small to medium businesses but mostly large enterprise customers. And they're incentivized by Microsoft um, to sell IntelliCare to their customers and ideally package it with additional Microsoft um, products as well. So outside of the Microsoft channel, how else are your products distributed and what's your strategy around distribution? Our strategy is broadly broken down into both um, direct and indirect sales channels. So the direct sales channel um, is very much us going straight out to both B2B customers and B2C customers through our sales team and through our recently launched e-commerce platform. Um, but the, the larger part of our business will be through indirect sales channels through a distribution model. And we've already got distributors on board. Um, that's grown significantly. Um, and we've, when I, uh, this time last year we had three, we're now up to um, over 11 and there's more in the pipeline. Um, those distributors, I guess, fall into two broad categories. They're either uh, aged care service providers, like the, the organisations I described before, who provide services to people in their home, or they're aged care or disability care technical resellers. Um, so these are uh, agents and distributors who would typically provide other assistive technologies such as uh, wheelchairs, frame, um, with devices. Um, and they really view IntelliCare as, as the next level of the future of care. Um, and want to add that to their, their portfolio of products because they look after their, their clients through their, their lifetime. They see ageing as a journey, not as a, a point in time. So, mm. Your products are 
segmented perhaps into two discrete types. You've got the the first being the relatively low margin hardware sales, and that's coupled with the much higher margin SaaS revenues. Can you help us understand the split between those two products and also some of the innovations that have been built into these products and how they may be further developed? Of course. So the, the hardware itself consists of the sensors and a gateway device. Um, the sensors are all commercial off the shelf. We don't manufacture sensors. And the reason for that is fundamental. Um, we want to be an aggregator of sensor technology. Um, we see a lot of innovation in that space. Uh, and that unlocks the, the ability for us to use our AI to bring all that sensor data together and provide insights. So what we do is we connect the household um, to the resident and their family and carers. We then detect incidents. So the sensor um, uh, suite itself can look for a range of incidents. Primarily, we start with, say, falls detection, um, but it moves into other things. It's not just about falls. It's ultimately then about prevention. Um, and we look at things like bathroom use, meal preparation. Uh, and, for example, nighttime bathroom use can point to an onset of an infection. Um, and 40% of those people who present at a hospital with falls have some kind of infection, for instance. Um, so beyond the sensors, we want to get as much um, sensor um, data as we can. So we make the hardware reasonably low margin. Um, the software itself is through a monthly subscription. And that's where the, 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 the secret source lies. Hmm. Uh, it's higher margin. And ultimately, as our sensor data improves and our machine learning improves, um, that's our, our major technology roadmap thread, that we want to increase the, the ability of machine learning to pull all that same sensor data together to start to predict the, the onset of a trigger event that might cause someone to exit to aged care or to residential care. So no, it's just not about detecting a fall. You don't want to find someone after the fall. You ultimately want to prevent that fall occurring in the first place. Yeah, yeah. it's fascinating. Jason, can you tell us a little about your marketing strategy and how you're promoting your products to key audiences? Sure. So um, it's, a, it's a very much a, a, a normal mix of marketing. Up to now, we've been primarily focused on digital marketing because it's been critical that we get our messaging right. Um, the buyers of our, our product sort of fall into three categories. There's the independent adult themselves, um, their professional carer, if they have one, um, but also their family members. And what we've discovered is it's the family who are the ultimate economic buyer, in particular the, the 45 to 65-year-old eldest daughter. They're the ones that often make the buying decision. So we're marketing, although we market to all three of those groups, we market most heavily to that, to that economic buyer. And digital allows us to test our messaging and, and, and test our value proposition quite intensely in that space. From here now, we're growing, increasing our marketing um, uh, budget and we're developing our marketing uh, channel strategy in more detail. And you'll see us start to uh, cover things like out-of-home channels as well as potentially radio and TV. Um, secondly, we then also couple that marketing to our distribution channel. So uh, we're starting to increase our ability to use from the e-commerce approach to send leads to our distributors. Um, because they're able to nurture those leads much more intensely than we can and also, most importantly, value add to that. Um, they can put on, on top of that additional services um, and, and, and 
products that provide a holistic um, care package for that individual. Uh, in particular, when they couple it with occupational therapists and allied healthcare workers, um, they're a great marketing channel for us. And we, we present to uh, many, many OT conferences that they, they love our product. Well, I think it's clear that people are loving the product because you must be pretty proud of the results that just came out for the quarter ended um, September. Obviously, some pretty huge uplift in the headline numbers, which is great to see. Can you talk us through the changes in revenue and unit sales, but also how your cost structure is evolving? Sure. So um, we've seen over the last 12 months, we've seen sales increase uh, by over 500%. 500% in terms of cash sales um, and revenue increased by over 300%. The reason there's a slight difference there is through our revenue recognition policy, we amortise the revenue over a period um, for the product, which is typical of a, of a SaaS business with hardware involved. Um, they, those sales have been on the back of those major distribution channels that I described, in particular, the home care service providers and technical resellers. Um, our cost structure, um, as I said, will we'll grow over the coming 12 to 24 months um, while we grow out our sales and marketing. But then I expect it to level off. And that's the beauty of the SaaS business is that we keep it at that stage um, relatively stable. We don't need to necessarily um, grow each of those elements to increase our sales with the distribution model. Um, And then we amortise those overheads over a larger installed base. So our aim is to get um, as fast as we can to 3,000, 6,000 units installed um, in, in order to um, reach a cash flow break even point. And at, at that stage, we start to go cash flow break even. Well, you've got uh, your last quarter, you foresee was 3.6 million in cash. What does the burn rate look like for IntelliCare at the moment? It, it really does vary. There hasn't been like a level off in our, in our burn rate. Um, we have um, uh, well over um, a year's runway ahead of us, um, and that remains as part of our forecast. We're reporting that in our in our quarterly report, so we're very um, healthy in terms of the cash front. But what I would expect to see is that um, our burn rate will increase, our marketing increases, but that obviously has a commensurate um, flow-on effect to increase sales. Although there is a lag between the two as you start to build up brand identity um, within the market. The key here, Nigel, is we aren't a, a moving into a, a current category. We're a new category in the market. So awareness is the, is the first stage of that campaign. Mm. So what does your sales pipeline look like through the various uh, distribution channels? And are there strategies in place? You were talking about this with your marketing. The strategies in place to grow the number of distributors. That's right. Um, so our pipeline consists of a number of verticals. We look at government, both state and federal, and, and there's a number of opportunities on, on that front. Uh, home care service providers, disability care service providers, um, as well as distributors, um, technical resellers and retail resellers. Um, and then we also look at developers. So those organisations um, that are developing uh, retirement, lifestyle and aged care communities in the future so they can install these kinds of product from, products from the outset. Um, and finally, insurance is another um, major vertical in our pipeline where we have a, a number of leads and opportunities in that space. Because although the insurance market in Australia is regulated and they don't have the ability to 
lower premiums based on risk, um, they do have the ability to reduce their, their outflow and their payouts um, by installing products like IntelliCare, as well as it provides them the opportunity to attract more people who are over 65, which is part of their core and um, growing market. And finally, Jason, what can shareholders look forward to over the next 12 months? I think you look forward to seeing us um, really start to gain traction in each of those um, that those distribution and B2B and B2C channels, as well as us becoming more dominant in terms of our, our marketing, um, getting the message um, out there. Um, there. We have a number of additional um, product development features in our, in our pipeline, in our, in our roadmap. I won't go into detail what they are at this stage, um, but you'll certainly see those those coming forward in the market um, over the next 12 months. And continued sales of units and, um, and and maybe a little bit more presence in marketing. That's right. I think like any, any startup company, you certainly see a, a period of a, a reasonably flat runway while you, you get yourself out there and you get going and then we're looking forward to the hockey stick uh, curve that, that falls on the end of that. Well, all the very best, and um, yeah, we'll continue to uh, watch watch your progress, Jason. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Nigel. My pleasure. Well, thank you to my guest, Jason Waller, CEO and Managing Director of IntelliCare, for joining us for this edition of StockDoc. And you can stay in touch with us through our StockHead website, and if you haven't already done so, remember to subscribe to our twice-daily newsletter for ASX market coverage, company profiles, and industry insights.